following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. And welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the High Low Sports Podcast. We appreciate you all for joining us here on this Wednesday evening as we get ready to talk a whole lot in the wide world of sports. We've just crossed the sports equinox with all four major sports going on at the exact same time, and we still got a whole lot more to go, including coming up tonight. It is DJ joined as always by my co-host Kelsey. And Kelsey, World Series could be coming to an end tonight. NBA season getting a little bit frisky here right now. College football, it's getting serious. NHL, it is underway. But we're gonna we're gonna focus a little bit on the NFL today as trade deadline is coming past. Plus, we are right smack dab in the as close as you're gonna get to midseason mark with a 17 week season. So we're gonna go ahead and start handing out a little bit of hardware today. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. We're gonna have some special guests for the hardware handout. Uh, I can't can't wait to have have, have these uh, goombas on. I'm not gonna. I don't know what else to call them. Um, but yeah, no, we're gonna have uh, some good friends on to give us some 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 help with the awards. Uh, but yeah, no, this is. I mean, I don't know. Should we call it an equinox or do we call it like a um, eclipse, a total sports eclipse? Because I mean, the eclipse is when you have both the sun and the moon overlapping each other. So maybe maybe it's a sports eclipse. Totally eclipse of the sports heart, I guess something like that as yeah, well. Totally eclipse of the sports world. Like I don't know. I feel like I feel like there's some kind of cool cool naming in there. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll figure it out. That'll be maybe that that'll be next next week's episode's name. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we finally figure it out. Uh, but no, no, this has been a good time. Um, and then you know, yeah, you mentioned NBA season. Uh, yeah, we got NBA NBA season in in season tournament starting this weekend. Uh, and by the way, if you guys haven't seen yet those sick courts that they're putting out for this, just the in season tournament, they match all the city connectors, which explains all the city connect jerseys. Now, seeing the courts mm-hmm. explains the jerseys. I didn't know the courts were going to be a thing. But seeing the courts now explains all the jerseys, and so I'm okay with some of these jerseys now. They um, took a long way to get there, but they it, the end result was fine, no matter how bad that math was to get there. Yeah, like the indie court now makes sense for the jersey. Like seeing the court, I'm like, oh, okay, the jersey makes sense now. Um, you know, same thing for the Chicago Bulls as well, but that's a different conversation with those Chicago Bulls. Talk about Chippy. Hmm. They are a whole lot of Chippy. Unfortunately, it's with themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. There's a mess going on there. And there's a mess going on in Chicago across the sports world, really, if you look at it as well. There's there's a lot going on there. But Chicago, where sports go to die. Unfortunately, yeah, that is the case. Minus the Blackhawks, that even then they've kind of blow up and down. Oh, yeah, no. They at least have some recent some recent hardware going for them, I guess. But I mean, so do the Cubs, but like that's not saying much. A lot less recent for them. I mean, last time they last time they had something going for them. Well. We we can go into that all day. We do we don't have to we don't have too much time left since we do have those guests and one of them likes to be a little bit long winded if we know anything as well. Yeah, they gotta show up first. I don't even know. I mean, they're late, but they like to be long winded. Go figure. The irony of that. But who who am I to complain? Sometimes I do the same on their show. But that's gonna do it for the intro. We're now gonna jump into the opening segment, also known as the tip off. The tip off, of course, brought to you by our friends over at SeatGeek. Use code Bailiff Sports. Get yourself twenty dollars off your first set of tickets for whatever sporting event or concert you might want to go and attend. We're going to go in and just start things off at the trade deadline as there was a fair amount of wheeling and dealing going on, but both in the NFL and in the NBA, we got ourselves a nice little trade going on as well as uh, James Harden head over to the Clippers for what is sure to be a not playoff disappointment team it went for in the future, but that's a whole nother issue. But NFL trades, we got, we had quite a few of them as well too. Not a lot of huge names, but a lot of really good names. It felt like as well too. Mm, there's a little bit of huge news in there. I mean, yeah, there's some, there's some doozies. You didn't necessarily see Devonte Adams get moved like one thought might happen after Monday, but 
we, I guess you saw their head coach and their GM get moved, but they got moved to the unemployment line. We also, I'll go and start with the first one that kind of got the dominoes going. Leonard Williams, the big defensive tackle from the Giants, heading as far away as possible from the Giants, going all the way to the Pacific Northwest and joining the Seattle Seahawks. And for a second and a fifth round pick, I believe it was, it's a really good deal for the for the Seahawks who may have overpaid a touch compared to some of these other ones. Yeah. But can you talk about something that fills a need almost more perfectly for them that was available? I mean, you have no interior pass rush and you have limited run stopping and you get Leonard Williams who accomplishes both of those as well. So for Seattle, the top of the division, Seattle Seahawks, nonetheless, I think that's a hell of a move. And I think second and fifth for what you're getting run, run away with that thing. That's a, that's a great, that's a great deal for the Seahawks and for the giants. You stink. Go get those draft picks. Like it's not going, it's not, you had Tommy DeVito playing quarterback and had negative nine pass yards. I don't care if Daniel Jones comes back. You'll get plus nine pass yards now. They The Giants season's pretty much toast right now. At this point, it's just trying to have fun and convince Saquon Barkley to stay. So good trade for both parts, I guess. In yeah, here. no, I, I, I like the trade for Leonard Williams. Uh, personally, I think Leonard Williams gets the best of all this. Like, oh, great. Now I'm out of this dysfunctional family in New York. Um, now you can go to words where this is what it feels like to play for a winner now. And yeah, and now I get to go to a, to a team that actually has a stable ownership group, has a stable front office has a stable quarterback on offense and, and now you're like oh okay so this is this is pretty nice i mean Pete carroll's an old man but at the same time he's stable like you don't have to worry about that defense let's just put it that way you are probably one of the best, better defenses with while undermanned and now guess what shelby harris you have a running mate <laughs> like unfortunately uh, i guess i should rephrase that Leonard williams you have a running mate in shelby harris <laughs> so like it's a yeah it's a, I mean, it's a good situation for for the seahawks good situation for Leonard williams and and I mean, if you're the Giants, you know, be thankful for what you got because there's a couple other guys that came off the board that are worth a whole lot more that get a, that they 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 were given a whole lot less to get them off the books. Um, so you know, we'll talk about them in a second. But you know, before this trade, the one I, the other one I want to point out before I don't know if you were going back to this one, but the Kevin Byer trade to the uh, to the Eagles, I feel like that's an underrated trade. Uh, obviously, he has played one game already, but I feel like that's an underrated trade just for what they they need in that secondary and what he can provide the guy you don't throw, you just don't merely throw near Kevin Byard and it be completed that the guy has a, ha- a habit of, it used to be putting his red gloves in the way of everybody. You see the red gloves on the field, you know, to throw away the other, throw the other way, but now we'll see. I, I didn't, didn't even see what color gloves he was wearing now in, uh, in Philly, but I imagine it's going to be a, a white pair of gloves for, for a dark Jersey and a dark pair of gloves for a white Jersey. Cause that's just what he does. Um, but yeah, I think Kevin Byard also an underrated pick. So underrated trade just in the, in, in, in the first, I mean, even really before the deadline started. Yeah, absolutely. He's not quite the center fielding all pro ball hawk that he used to be, but you put him in like the set in the mid center field, like those crossing routes. Yeah. Good luck. One does Still not the field. like you can still go over the top, but that's a low percentage thing. And good luck with that anyway, as well. Sam Howell may be able to do it, but he only plays good against the Eagles. It makes no sense yeah. for the way their team's built a perfect fit or just a ball hawking safety to kind of take that Chauncey Gardner Johnson slash CD deuce slash whatever he calls himself now role to just take the ball away in the middle. So that's also a great pick. And we'll see. He does get – they got him to beat the Cowboys in those type of teams, and they get – he'll get a nice fresh chance coming up this week as well. So that's going to be Yeah, it's a nice fresh chance to make me cry. That That's true. Yeah, exactly. As he made me cry many times, he'll make you cry now as well too. We have to share the pain in this one. But you did allude to it. We'll, might as well get into it. Washington Commanders taking a page out of the new owner Josh Harris's playbook and trusting the process, if you will. Not only trading away Montez Sweat for a second-round pick, but trading away Chase Young for a third-round pick. Honestly, they surprised they didn't also trade Terry McLaurin while they were at it at this point. But Washington more or less cleaning house a little bit after that loss to the Eagles. And 
I'm honestly more surprised that they dealt both of them. It's not that one of them got dealt. I expected one of them to go. But the fact that you dealt both of them coming into contract years is kind of a good move on their part because you don't have to re-sign either one you were shaky on. But at the same time, you got pretty good results back. But now your defensive line just got significantly worse because your edge rushers are both gone. So I don't know what to think about this. Like It's good, it's bad, and it's ugly. That's the only thing I can think of with it. There's another level to this that bothers me, and it's the fact that they traded them to it at both players to an NFC team that they could likely face in the playoffs in the future. Just gonna throw that out there. It's not like Sweater Young are very old by any means. I mean, we're looking at another ten years of these guys probably each. Younger than we both are. Yeah, I mean, like they're they're gonna be in the league for a while. So Washington, I mean, Josh Harris, I hope you really trust the process because uh, the process is gonna come back for you. This is not the process I would have tried to be trusting. Let's just be honest. This is not the league I try to do the trust the process moment in. Um, but you know what? Okay, fine. That's a, that's his end goal. But I uh, yeah. The fact that Chase Young went for a third-round pick uh, and Montez Sweat for a second-round pick. Now, mind you, I do like Montez Sweat a little more because he can stay on the field more often. But let's not kid ourselves in thinking Chase Young is not a superstar type of defensive end. If he can stay healthy, the dude's a superstar type of defensive end. He literally tortures people in the pass game, in the rush game. and He's literally just like his now new running mate in Nick Bosa. So you're going to tell me you, you, you just sent him to San Francisco to now just kill all of our hopes and dreams whenever they, we go play San Francisco. Now we're going to have to beat two murderers on, on either side of the line, and now you have to just like try to figure out which one you want to stop. Are you going to put two tight ends in and chip everybody? Like it's just Yeah, so uh, Niners definitely won this one um, out of everybody, but the Bears, I, I'm not going to say they lost by any means getting Montez Sweat. The Bears might have actually had one of the sneakiest best trade deadlines as far as you know pick, getting a big pickup without losing anything. Um, did better than the Vikings in their division. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think this is, and also did better than the Packers. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, look, I think Montez Sweat is an underrated piece. I think he's always been underrated, and he's going to show exactly what he can do with the Bears. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, I don't know. I like, I like this for those two getting out of there and getting, they're, they're going to get paid. Let's not kid ourselves, uh, unless the Bears are stupid and don't pay Sweat and send them like they did Khalil Mack. I don't think that's going to happen, though. If you traded him for an eight-game rental when you're two and five, that would be the dumbest thing of all time. I'd have to imagine they had like a contract extension somewhat in the works or were kind of talking about it a little bit beforehand, or they better be ready to empty out the Brinks trucks from all the money they didn't pay Roquan Smith. Because if you trade him, it's a great trade piece. That defense needs young players, and it gives your first-round picks more versatility next year, especially in that offensively loaded draft class that it looks like it's going to be. So this gives you some flexibility there wherever you're picking, whether it's skill positions, new quarterback, both. You trade a second-round pick, which, as we learned from Chase Claypool last year, they have bad luck when it comes to trading second-round picks, but I that's not Chase Claypool. That's Montez Sweat. So yeah. him, Jalen Johnson, who they managed to retain, which is huge, but they have to pay him too now. Good luck with Good. They're weird. I really don't know. If they could keep those two and build off of it, maybe Fields comes back and starts looking like Justin Fields during that run last year that he had. I don't know. But it's you had to make some moves. It's a good fig. And Chase Young and Nick Bosa for the seven and a half quarters, they're going to be both fully healthy together. They're going to terrorize quarterbacks. It is going to be menacing. Back reunited like they were at Ohio State. That is going to be a terrorizing duo, as you mentioned. Then just a few other trades we'll pop in with too. Your boy Josh Dobbs, after starting every game for Arizona, getting sent to I like Minnesota it. to maybe be a little bit of the savior if Jaron Hall can't quite fill in. And Talk about a talk about a switch of scenery. You go from the dysfunction of Arizona that sometimes has Trey McBride and Marquise Hollywood Brown sometimes 
So now you get Jordan Addison with his seven touchdowns second in the NFL and Justin Jefferson, who is Justin Jefferson when he comes back healthy and TJ Hawkinson, who is the ultimate Viking tight end right now. Yeah. Talk about a nice change of scenery for Josh Dobbs. Like if he gets ends up playing, that's quite the skill positions to go to. Yeah. Plus, Although plus unfortunately, like there's an unfortunate side to this whole thing. The Vikings, yeah, yeah, Josh Dobbs. You have, you know, you try to replace Kirk Cousins after this torn uh, Achilles, but then you just go and trade Ezra Cleveland to the Jaguars. <laughs> so, so the thing that caused you to have to look for a quarterback in the first place, it's even worse by trading away Ezra Cleveland, one of your starters. Unless they blame Ezra Cleveland for the injury, which yeah, and it looks like we we're frozen right now. But there yeah, we there we go. All right, now we got uh, yeah. No, unless they blame Ezra Cleveland for the issue, I don't think they do. But yeah, I think I think you just I mean yeah, you got Josh Dobbs, but now you trade away Ezra Cleveland. This is what why I say the the Bears had a better trade deadline than the Vikings um, because you know you added a little bit, but you traded a lot more away. Um, but I mean, you know, the fun fact about the NFC North, this they were the only whole division to be involved in trade deadline moves. That is true. And then the Packers, as you mentioned, around out dealing with Will Douglas out to the Bills, who great pickup for the Bills. He fits perfectly. It's a perfect, perfect match for those two. So you know what? The NFC North they wheeling and dealing for better and for worse. Got the most important one. Baker Mayfield's favorite target going to Detroit. Donovan People Jones. Nah. That's oh, fine. don't don't <laughs> give me that. I think this is a this is a much needed uh, pickup for for the Lions who actually now get a big receiver to yeah. throw. Now it's not just a bunch of speedy guys. I'm sorry, Josh Reynolds. You're just you classify as a speedy guys now. Um, but yeah, Donovan People Jones now. Uh, you know, gets gets a bigger target to throw into the uh, to the end zone too. The the rich get richer now. You got Donovan Peoples Jones is arguably your fourth receiver. Reynolds, Amon Ross, St. Brown is a top ten receiver. Jamison Williams, who is faster than everybody, not named Tyreek Hill, arguably. Plus Sam Laporta, arguably most productive tight end in the NFL. Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery too. Like, okay, good luck everybody else with the Lions coming forward. Motor City Dan Campbell's got them full all gas, no breaks going forward. If you want our opinion on the Lions, though, go check our our tier Tuesday because we uh we had some things to say about the Lions yesterday. Absolutely. Before we wrap up the trade talk, we did get a fun little tidbit from our the resident geniuses in the back, too, the smartest ones of the group here. The Niners ended up trading Trent Williams and Chase Young from the got Trent Young Trent Williams and Chase Young for the commanders for a total of two third round picks and one fifth round pick. I hate the Cowboys. God. <laughs> this just tells me how much I hate the Cowboys and the fact that they let the Niners go. Just destroy a division rival for two thirds and a fifth, and I'm sitting here wondering, hey, maybe the Cowboys might, hopefully, ever pick up a backup backup quarterback who's never going to see the field, and, and maybe he might be better than Cooper Rush. I don't. This is stupid. Hmm. Bring me Taylor Heineke. Do something, Cowboys. I need I need something right now. Hey, that's Atlanta Falcons starter Taylor Heineke starting this week. So we'll to- bring me Scary Terry. Get in line. I already got first dibs on that. Bring Scary Terry back to Indy. But that's going to do it here for the tip-off, and that's going to now take us into Kelsey's second favorite part of every show. That is the main event where we'll be talking some NFL awards here. And joining us for the main event, we got a couple of lads from a podcast. You may have seen us both on. We'll go and start with the TikTok sensation himself, the Italian Stallion, the most loyal Jets fan that does not wear a fireman hat. That I know, and that is our good friend Matt Ordazzo. Matt, thank you so much for joining us here today to talk a little bit of NFL midseason awards. 
What's going on, guys? Same group, same great group of guys, different background right now. But uh, I, I enjoy the Italian salad part before you corrected yourself to Stallion. But um, Italian salad, Italian stallion, you know, yeah. whatever you want to go with spaghetti and meatballs, whatever. Oh, yeah. I also share your first. Well, you got the antipas, so you're going to get the uh, the salami, the peppers, the artichoke hearts. You're going to get the mushrooms and the onions and the uh, and the uh, olives and everything. So you're going to get all the good stuff, the pepperonis. You said all. And I feel your I feel your frustration with, uh, you know, the Cowboys could have just given up this or that. The Jets could have just given up that low mid-round pick and gotten Ezra Cleveland. Like, we could have just – so many – like, I see all these guys move, like Mari Cooper when he went for that, like, fifth or third. I was like, you just, like – you couldn't have just dished out a mid-round pick. You were going to waste it on somebody else, but that's yeah, life. You could have just paid the man instead of sending him to Cleveland, in my case. Exactly. <laughs> and, of course, you can't have one without the other, two. We also got Matt's co-host, the loudest man from the mean streets of not Broad Street that I know, one of the few Eagles fans who isn't completely loud and mean and obnoxious. Yeah, yeah, Maybe the one millionth quietest Eagles fan and a dedicated mm. Snakes Alive Diamondbacks oh, yeah. fan and one of our good pals, too. We got Jared as well. Jared, thanks for joining us. Cheers, gents. How are we doing? I can't see what's, what's on the top of your head. It's just very blank right now. It just looks like a like an empty green ah. screen. Ah. 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 I love it. This is my this is my resident <laughs> redneck uh, Diamondbacks hat. Uh, this is me uh, just staring into it at this point. The most northern redneck we know. Hmm. There are a lot of us actually. They don't exist. That is not as surprising as it should be, but. Gentlemen, I'm we all know why we're here. We're going to talk about NFL midseason awards. We're going to go down the list, take a look at who we want, and as the guests of honor, we're going to let you go first. The awards we're going to talk about today: MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year. To save time and to not go completely around the around the circle awkwardly, we're going to let each person go down their list of awards while the rest of us yell at them for it. So, Matt, as the designated smarter of the get two guests here, I'm going to let you go ahead and go first. Nice. All right, MVP. I am not giving it to Patrick Mahomes. I'm tired of this man. He should not. I mean, if, if Jalen Hurts never got hurt last year, this man would have won MVP, in my opinion. Um, but you know what? I had a lot of options I was going with. I, I was looking at Tua, but the games that Tua lost were against actual defenses that just got the best of him. So whenever he wins a game, it's against a team that's under 500. So I'm thinking the only logical thing for me is I'm going with Jalen Hurts. I think Jalen Hurts should get the MVP this season again. I think he should surpass Patrick Mahomes. He's a guy that's got he's seven and one right now, gets the wins, doesn't need the refs helps, and um, just can really do it himself, can just do everything himself. And I think the man should have won it last year, and I'm going to give it to him this year. All right. You know what? I, I dig it. I, I like it as well, too. And the little tear he's gone on the last three or four weeks, too. The, the numbers are starting to catch up a little bit as well. I think he has 18 total touchdowns rushing and passing, 18 or 19 starting to catch up with as well. So, you know, I dig it as well, too. Uh, we got a resident Eagles fan here. I, I can see you're ready to chime in on this one as well. So, MVP, I'm, I'm, I'm staying the same team, but I'm going to go a different position. I'm going to go with A.J. Brown. You want to talk about a guy who literally just takes over a fucking game. And I was, and I'm not one of those guys who's like, oh, you can't. I know it's a quarterback award, and I know this is probably not going to happen because it's probably going to be Jalen or Mahomes or Tua by the end of the season. But currently, as the league stands, the most valuable player on a football field offensively, because we you know it ain't going to the defensive player, is AJ Brown. That Come man literally on. has taken out multiple secondaries by himself and kept Philadelphia in games. 
and I believe it's an NFL record uh, six straight uh, thousand yard seasons, uh, one hundred twenty five yard games. So, yeah, NFL record. And uh, wow, I just I'm blown away. Like he looks like, and I hate to bring this up for Eagles fans because I know it's a rough subject, but it reminds me of 04 with To when he just was on a tear. Very similar body type, less volatile of a quarterback personality wise, less volatile of a of a personality type with a receiver. These guys actually were friends before they played together, but. I just AJ Brown. Every time I walk him, I watch him on the film. It's like, it's like it's like watching poetry, man. It's like you watch like your your prototypical freak Madden receiver that you make in a lab, and that's AJ Brown. He's played out of this world. So right now, it's AJ Brown. Talk to me of the season. It'll most likely be either Mahomes too or uh, Jalen. The defenses have yet to stop AJ Brown. The only thing that has stopped him is Chipotle and some questionable food choices. Otherwise, but as a, so far oh. since his Eagles tenure. And throwing the ball against the Vikings, but that's a whole other thing. I'm still trying to get over the fact that Jared just picked a receiver for an MVP award. First one ever, too. I respect yeah. the difference. I'm just trying to figure out when we're going to get an MVP that's going to be a receiver, but I don't think it's going to be A.J. Brown. I don't think. I'm sorry. Of all the receivers to possibly win an MVP, I don't think A.J. Brown would be the one. Oh, no. I think I, 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 I'm going to be the first Alabama running back to get a Heisman. So what do I know? <laughs> Not reacting to you, uh, Mm, Dimebacks with two give, guys on ground out of the fielder's choice. Just kill me right now. Just kill him. Give it another. Give it another eight weeks. We might see Zach Wilson in the category. I'm joking. That's I'm for happen. it. Let's do it. Let's flip the league on its damn head. That'd and, be well. and you could hear the sound of moms across the country reacting as well too. But <laughs> before we go, before we dive into that wormhole, Kelsey MVP. Where are we looking at? Can tell it's not AJ Brown for you. You know, I, normally we save the MVP for last. You, you know, get a little. Uh, excitement you know build it up for but i guess we're ripping the band-aid off here uh matt actually mentioned the guy that i'm gonna go with um jared I, there's another guy that i would also say is the most valuable player that would be a receiver more so than aj brown but i'm not gonna go him i'm gonna go the guy throwing him the ball currently leading the league in passing uh and that's two attack of Iloa. i know he's yes lost a couple games he should have won but the guy's lighting up the league absolutely has one of the most monstrous receivers out there i'm sorry he's not built like a monster but he's built like the guy you make 5'10 and make run a thousand miles per hour and let nobody has and he has a hundred release. Like you just don't guard him. I mean, good luck trying. He runs the wrong route and is still open for a touchdown. Um, that you know, so Tua mixed, uh, you know, obviously this is going to be one of those awards like Tua wins it, but Tyreek is a lot of responsibility for it. And that's so be it. I mean, Tom Brady, a lot of the responsibility of one of his MVPs goes to Randy Moss. Let's not forget that. So, um, you know, this is kind of a similar situation. And, yeah, I think you have Tua here with the the MVP. And spoiler alert as we get to the offensive player of the year, but it might relate. Um, yeah, I just – I don't know. I think what Tua is doing right now, is, as long as he stays healthy for the rest of the season, high unstoppable. What they're doing to top teams is pretty scary. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, – yeah, that's where I'm at with that for right now. I don't think it's Patty. I don't think it's – I love Jalen. I love what he's doing. I just don't think he's consistent enough. I mean, he's getting beat by Sam Howell in statistics, um, so that's never good. Not not all not all season, but game. But he's three times this season. Sam Howell's outperformed Jalen Hurts, and I only know this because of my fantasy teams. So, yeah, um, that's just not good enough. I mean, at the end of the day, so Tua gets my nod for MVP. But honestly, this one, I feel like this this year's MVP is going to go down to the wire. Let me ask you this then: This is the one reason I'll make for Hurts here. 
before we get to DJ, because I know you're going to want to take – you got something here. But um, you take Howell out of the lineup and you put in insert quarterback X, Josh Dobbs, whatever, right? How does the team change in Washington? You take Jalen Hurts out of Philadelphia. How does the team change in Philadelphia? And we saw that last year because that Eagles team without Jalen Hurts okay, wasn't making the playoffs. Okay, I'm going to give you two good quarterbacks, and I'm going to tell you give you the exact same scenario. You take Lamar Jackson off the Ravens, and you take mm-hmm. Joe Burrow off the Bengals. What exactly. No, same, same point. Same point. So it's no. I mean, it's not because the best player doesn't necessarily mean they they have the best system for him. In this case, you're talking about Jalen, who has a perfect system for Jalen. If Jalen were to go to any other team, he would not be the Jalen Hurts we see. Period. Point blank. I've watched Jalen play for multiple teams. I know this for a fact. If he does not have a system that works for him, he's not going to be the same Jalen Hurts. The same goes for Sam Howell. Sam Howell doesn't have a system that works for Well, now he kind of did, but doesn't have an offensive line that works for him. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, same thing. You take Joe, Bur- Joe Burrow off the Bengals. You put him on the on the Ravens, who run first with the quarterback all the time. What's going to happen to Joe Burrow? He's not going to be Joe Burrow. You know, you, Lamar Jackson, you put him on a team that throws all the time, like the Bengals. He's not going to be Lamar Jackson, the one-time unanimous MVP. Like, So you, you can't use that conversation because a lot of teams build around their quarterback, and that's what they should do. But you can't just be like, oh, well, what if you pull him off? It doesn't doesn't work that way. I'm saying you put Anthony Richardson on either one of those teams, he's going to be electric for about six and a half quarters. So it doesn't and matter. And then he's going to break something. That we're not going to talk about that part. I said six and a half quarters. I didn't say why there was more. We're going to cut it <laughs> off at six quarters as a sample size. But fair enough. This is fun. We're going to do an MVP, and right out of the gate, we're going to have four different ones because I'm going to go with the weird hanging fruit. I'm going to take Josh Allen for MVP right now. Obviously, I mean, when it comes to who he's dating. Yeah, that's I was gonna. That was the only reason I was gonna give him that. These kind of fans are here. That's let, my girl. Let, let me let me get rolling now. Jared, put it away. Hold on now. First of all, Josh Allen. Not that first week against the Jets was absolutely disastrous. Can't can't erase that. Unfortunately, leads the NFL in touchdowns combined. Set second in passing, plus chip and six rushing touchdowns with it. Leads the NFL in QBR at seventy-seven. Completion percentage leads the NFL at seventy-one percent as well. Top five in passing yards. We talk about Tua against good teams struggling. Well, one of those good teams was the Bills, who he absolutely ramrodded. Does Josh Allen turn the ball over a little heavy? Yeah, needs to check that. Check that. It's only throwing one less pick than Tua. Same amount as Jalen Hurts as well. Same amount as Patrick Mahomes. His turnovers are just coming in explosive doses. Everyone else likes the spacers, where his is like explosive. AJ Brown after Chipotle diarrhea at this point. He he does it in, in bursts. But none, Josh Allen, turnover-wise, is the same with everybody else, but leads the NFL in touchdowns. And the Bills right in the thick of things. And big game against the Bengals this week as well. They win that game. He plays well. Point continues as well. And they're only a game behind the Dolphins, nonetheless. It feels like it's a giant gap, but it is and 6-2, and 5-3. It's not a huge gap. It's the way the Bills lose that pisses everybody off, including me who picks Josh Allen for MVP. But for now, I'm going to stick with him. Does lead the NFL in touchdowns. Does lead it in completion percentage and QBR. Has all the pre-reqs with check marks. They win 11, 12 games at this pace. He might get it with the way everybody else struggles. You know what? You made a compelling argument for me not to roast you for that. So I will, you know what? Caps off, DJ. That 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 gave it to me because I was like, Josh, is he fucking kidding with Josh Allen right now? But it's also this kind of talks about the whole media narrative and how things are looking this year for the Bills. Because you look at the statue, yeah, Josh Allen's had an amazing season, but visual eye test, you're like, uh, Bills are a wild card team. 
So when you lose to Zach and Mac in the same season, that is going to bring you down no matter what, unfortunately. But when you look at it as a whole, it's like, oh, okay, that's really not quite that bad. The Giants, the per- when they lo- when he when he plays his worst, it's on prime time. That's the worst part. Like the Giants game where they just kept pooping the bed up and down the field, and the Jets game where just a catastrophe. Those were the two on prime time, so everyone saw that, unfortunately. But those yeah. one o'clock game. He's pretty much Kirk Cousins at this year, honestly. I hate to say it. Achilles is coming next year. We don't he's need been, that. Um, he's been absolutely it's if, okay. Haley can carry him off the field. If he if he could be so lucky. But basically, as long as he can stay healthy and that shoulder isn't he doesn't go into the blue tent every other week. I think it continues on this pace as well. And they've started to get Dalton Kincaid involved finally. So I think that's gonna make things a whole lot easier. It's easier to not throw it in the triple coverage when you have two tight ends that win one on one every play. So yeah. So that's all right. MVP, we had a nice little fun run. We're gonna go ahead before, before we go forward. Who do you, okay? If you guys had to guess real fast, who do you think out of our the guys we just all named, who has the best chance of uh, best odds right now of winning MVP? Who has the worst odds? Uh, I'd say Jalen. I think he's what plus two thirty right now. No, two. No, no fucking way. Two is the highest. Two was the two is the top ranked MVP odds candidate right now with plus three hundred. Uh, you, know you know, clap claps for two. I, I'll, I'll Pat, give it up, Patty. Patty and Jalen are both tied at plus 400. Well, that's because uh, he didn't have his flu game moment, apparently. And then the only one that we're going to quantify on this list, um, because we're not quantifying Jared's answer, because it's literally not on my list, um, is plus 1,300 odds for Josh Allen. What's the odds for Zach Wilson? Uh, not on the list. Um, Jared Goff like- last on this list at plus 3,500. Um, who was my backup pick, by the way? He's going to be my dark horse. Uh, Brock Purdy plus twenty two hundred, CMC plus two thousand, Joe Burrow two thousand. Mm-hmm. Jared Goff would be a fun like ten dollar, you know, little throw yeah. bet on. So, yeah, yeah I just wanted to throw that out there that we are looking at the MVP odds. We're all talking about guys except for you know Jared that are are actually ranked in the top mm-hmm. five of uh, MVP odds right now. So. You know, like the hatred you throw at me every time I come on this goddamn show is just- You know, you know, Jared would say, All right, if I can't choose AJ Brown, I'm gonna go with Hassan Reddick. now Well, he's definitely not on the list. <laughs> Jared, the conversation we're about to have is where you should have a conversation about AJ okay. Brown. Okay. I was making a case for not being a quarterback award. I'm still pissed about Todd Gurley in twenty seventeen. That's a whole other ballgame. Um quarterback award. All right, but listen, OPI is that OPY, is that we're going next? Yep. Yep. All right, I'm going to throw a monkey wrench in this bitch. Give me CMC. That's fair. Yeah. I, like, I thought you were going to say something like Joe Mixon. Like when you say dude, throw a wrench. Dude's running like, like, a, dude run like a, I think he hasn't, he hasn't gone a game without a touchdown since like last October. 18. Oh, it's going to be insane like that. It's like 18, 19 games. Like as much as AJ Brown streak is impressive, McCaffrey's streak is getting to the point where it's like, it's a little hilarious. Like it's just like, is he going to stop? Yeah. Um, He's the best offensive player. Any time that I could make, he's the best offensive player on the entire 49ers team. Um, Debo is a shell of himself. Brock Purdy's a fraud, and Brandon Ayuk is this in-between player I can't figure out. I love George Kittle, but he's a pro wrestler playing tight end. Um, <laughs> let's no, let's be honest. The best offensive player on the no 49ers is injured right now. It's Trent Williams because tackle lives matter. Um, no, 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 Kyle <laughs> is still there. Fullback lives matter. Yes, fullback lives do matter. Hey, Bring fullback Thomas back. Morstead, punters matter. Okay, Mac, if you put it away. Uh, so, that being said, <laughs> I 
CMC man, it's just he looks unstoppable with that off when when they get when they get him rolling. That he is the engine for that O line. My two would be AJ or um, Jalen, or you, you throw in two or Tyreek. It's going to be somebody off of those three teams that are kind of running away with best record in football. And of course, you can't throw out Patrick because the NFL loves Patrick Mahomes. I mean, you can't throw out Tyreek. Right, so Jared just gave us seven answers there down the list. So we'll go ahead and go, Kelsey. Who are you taking as player of the year? Uh, yeah, so uh, I was gonna say CMC, but thanks, Jared. So, uh, I was gonna, I, I literally set this one up so I could literally swerve at the last second and go CMC, but no, I'm gonna have to go back with what I set up, which is Tyreek. Um, best odds on favorite right now to win offensive player of the year. I'm barely ahead of CMC, by the way, but um, yeah, look, what he's doing, like I said, it's 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 absolutely insane. Try to cover him, good luck. Try to triple cover him, good luck. He still seems to run by everybody. Um, he'll just accidentally run the wrong route and run by everybody. Um, so yeah, it's it's a pretty impressive thing. And now let's not forget the one thing that's going to change and go forward, going forward, and make him even stronger is now the Dolphins are fully healthy on defense, which means they're more likely to get off the field. So there's more opportunities for Tua to throw it up to Tyreek, and Jalen Waddle will actually be healthy and start to impact the game more, giving more opportunity to Tyreek to just not be triple covered, um, which is always a plus for fantasy football owners. Um, but yeah, uh, look, I, I'm going to say Tyreek Hill right now is. Is my odds on favor for OPY? Okay, all right, cool. So Matt, I'll let you go ahead and lead this one as well too. Who are we looking at for OPY? OPY. Well, since Jared took Kelsey's pick, which then Kelsey Why then took my pick. Needed them? Jesus Christ! It's a ladder effect. You took his pick, he took my pick, but I'm going to just stick with my pick. I am also going Tyreek Hill with this one. I mean, I think it's pretty special what he's has been able to do in Miami, considering. I think a lot of us, mostly myself, but I didn't think he'd have the success that he had in Miami. I didn't think you're going to go from Patrick Mahomes to Tua Tungavailoa, if I even said that right, and you're going to just put up the numbers in a production that he did. I didn't think it was going to be a match made in heaven ever since he had that underthrow pass in uh, camp the other year. I thought it was going to be a shit show, but it's just it's turned out to be uh, uh, the best matchup that Miami could have right now. So halfway through the year, this man's averaging, you know, 100 and he's going to average at this point, he's going to average 120 receptions on the year for over 2000 yards and like 16 touchdowns. He's at 61 receptions, 1014 yards, eight touchdowns. It's just insane what he's been able to do. He is also somebody that you can rely on a touchdown pretty much every, every week of the year. Um, and like you, like Kelsey said, he's, he's barely in front, but if he keeps this up, I just, I, I don't see how this man won't win offensive play of the year, especially I'm assuming McCaffrey will probably miss a game or something. He always misses a game this year. And I think if McCaffrey, if they both have the same production throughout the rest of the year, but McCaffrey misses one or two games because of injury, that'll solidify Tyreek Hill is going to get it. Absolutely. And on top of that, too, CMC's plateaued a little bit outside of touchdown the last few weeks at like 40 yards, where Tyreek continues to have, he has a thousand yards through a month and a half. Like that. I watched Tyreek just blow by Bradbury and with a safety with a great angle. And I was just like, yeah, that's just, you can't coach against that. It doesn't matter who the fuck you put on him. It's really not fair. And and actually, I do want to point out, Matt, to your point about him averaging a touchdown a game. He actually is averaging a touchdown a game because he had the two outbursts in the first week. So his no touchdowns against the Bills evens out. Um, okay, let me ask you. Let me guys ask you this: Is for Tyreek Hill, right? Is this how it felt going against Deshaun Jackson when we were kids? Yes. Is this how it felt? It's a lot. Deshaun Jackson was like a buck, a buck oh five, and you could press him a little bit back then. So occasionally you could mitigate him a little bit more. Not the Cowboys. Not, Not the Cowboys. I was going to say Terrence Newman. I think still has nightmares about the NFC East yeah, for everybody else. Not the, not the Giants or the Cowboys, but for oh, everybody else, it was, Roy Williams over the top. 
the other Roy Williams. The good yeah, Roy the Williams. one who the one who's got like a bounty in Philadelphia. Of Roy Williams. Williams. Yeah, yeah, but uh, no, yeah, it really is kind of like D Jack, except for the difference is Tyreek doesn't return punts anymore, so you don't at least have to worry about him in that in that aspect. Yeah, like I just he's still just, putting up equal production. Who's the other one who used to scare the piss out of me on on uh, going? To, oh, Mike Wallace when he was younger. Just oh, holy shit! Just so fucking fast. Ooh. And he was like, then he went one, to Miami. So he- no, then he went to Philadelphia. That was when it was over. Oh, that was must have been before he went to Minnesota. That was bad too. He played in Minnesota. I think he played in Minnesota for a year or two. Oh, that's right. He was like two years. Went, oh yeah, yeah. you because know, the Steelers made the smart choice and were like, we're going to stick Pittsburgh with Antonio Brown. They go to different teams and they just you know they, you forget about them after they leave the and city of Pittsburgh. Well, they stuck with Antonio Brown and Emmanuel Sanders, Martin and they made Bryant the right choice by getting rid of Mike Willis. Martavis what are you talking Bryant. about? No, Martavis Bryant still exists in the world, by the way. Of I, I know he just plays in the XFL. He's just yeah. dominating there. Sammy Coates. Antoine Randall Antoine Randall University of Indiana. Darius Hayward Bay. Don't All right. We got to get back on track. We're ADHD in the hell out of this right now. Offense player of the year, I pretty much agree with Tyreek, AJ Brown, CMC, the obvious answers. Basically, barring major injury or something catastrophic, all pro first team receivers are locked up between those two at this point. For since we already talked about the ones I want, I'm going to go and throw in a dark horse for offensive player of the year. How about Jamar Chase? Is kind of a dark horse option. Coming I was going to throw in two. Uh, Mo- too fast, too injured. Raheem Mozart. He's too injured already. He's already 13, 13 fucking touchdowns. Like, holy shit. Um, is Devin A chance coming back and he's going to take another 13 off of his plate? He's uh, still gonna drop twenty something touchdowns this year. It's gonna be it's ridiculous. This guy's on, he just he sniffs the end zone. It's it's insane. Speaking of good, no, you go ahead and finish that. I say for Jamar Chase, the reason I was seeing blasphemous, but might I think has a chance for some legs. Already with a ghost of a quarterback through half of the season and not even getting the ball for half of it, he is fourth in the league with in receptions with sixty, tied with AJ Brown nonetheless as well. For receiving yards, he is seventh. Touchdowns, he is pretty much in the middle, but yards after catch, he is second only to Tyreek Hill on top of that. He has been absolutely electric with what was it, a Bengals team that was written off five different times, and they finally are kind of healthy coming off a of bye week. Me and Sorry. Kelsey got it in the tears. Joe Burrow in his career after bye week this is a combined, I think it was 12 and two, something stupid like that. Like he's five and two, then seven and zero. Oh. He Higgins, they still have not quite got that connection going. I'm not sure if they're just not throwing the ball so they can sign him to a cheaper deal or if it's just how it's working out. But Jamar Chase has reaped the benefit. So if they go on this tear and Tyreek or A.J. Brown slows up, maybe Jamar Chase has an epic proportion explosion this back half of the season, which he is very capable of. If he scores 10 more touchdowns the rest of the way, gets you 14, 1,400 yards, not out of the realm of possibility. It's probably Tyreek, A.J., or CMC, but – Jamar Chase, dark horse coming out of Cincinnati. Just, just throwing it out there so we don't all pick the exact same thing. Just have. Yeah, I mean, odds are exactly what you just said. Tyreek, Christian McCaffrey, plus one twenty-five, plus one forty, respectively. Then it jumps a lot. AJ is third. He's twenty-two hundred. Um, Lamar Jackson twenty-five, and Jamar Chase at fifth, twenty-five hundred. Uh, Jalen, Stephon Diggs, Tua, Travis Kelsey are you know five through or six through nine, and then surprise to me, Travis Etienne. Plus thirty five hundred dollars. Yo, honestly, ETN's been like that dude for Jacksonville. Yeah, has the most. Surprised me for offensive player of the year though. He's the tenth best odds for for getting offensive player of the year. 
You know what's crazy is he leads the NFL in carries by a comfortable margin too at 150. Who would have thought coming out of college, Clemson Travis Etienne would be the work would be a workhorse in a couple of years. He'd be Which Derek is Henry. Wild to think about. I didn't think he was gonna be this good. What is does he is he even a, above 200 pounds for weight? I think he's he, like 205, something like yeah. that. Yeah, it's like it's like 205. Okay, so at least he's above, like but like still, he's a small dude, man. You know, he has 151 carries for 583 yards, so he's at 3.9 yards a carry, seven touchdowns, plus what he's doing the receiving. So he's literally Derrick Henry minus 60 pounds at this point. Yeah, I was going to say, because I'm like, I was looking at the top receiving, uh, rushing our candidates. It's like, it's McCaffrey, and then it's like somebody else, and it's Swift, and then it's like Derrick Henry. Zach 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 Moss, Swift, and then Henry. Yeah, I just... Oh my god! To like just Zach Moss literally is the bane of my existence when it comes to fantasy this year. But that's a whole other ballgame. Oh, don't even start with me with him sitting on my bench with those thirty-three point outbursts. But I'm not going to go on this tirade of misery right. and pinks. We got some awards to get through. He wasn't. He wasn't on our bench it. when it came to beating Jared. Thank goodness. But he's been. He was on all my other ones. Defensive Player of the Year. I'm going to start this one off for us. I'm going to keep it easy. I'm just going to take T.J. Watt. Top three in sacks, interceptions. We see how miserable that Steelers offense is. It is literally the epitome of incompetence. They win these close games because of that defense led and spearheaded by TJ Watt. His numbers, very, very good. Maybe not quite as good as his 22 sack season a couple of years ago, but he's still towards the top in sacks. He's third at eight and a half. Seven tackles for a loss and interception, six pass deflections, three forced fumbles to lead the league. He's electric, so I'm going to take TJ Watt. Kelsey, we'll go and let you go second. Who are we looking at for defense player of the year? I got Miles. I'm going to stay in the same division. I'm going to go with Miles on this one. Just look what he's been doing. It's, it's, it's equivalent to TJ Watt. Literally, these two back to back are as really deadly as they come. Ironically, in the same division, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know who actually ends up uh, at the top here, but his ability to get to the quarterback is just second to none. Um, I mean, he's also leading the number one defense, but feels like by a long shot. Uh, and with the, the Browns, two, so two, the Browns have allowed two hundred sixty-four point four yards. Of total offense, um, it's insane to think about. So, uh, yeah, uh, and and Miles Garrett leading that team. So, yeah, give me Miles Garrett, defense player of the year. Because if you're going to be the best defense, usually you have the defense player of the year on that. By the way, too, I, I misspoke. Miles Garrett leads the NFL in force fumbles at four. TJ Watt leads in recoveries at three. So that that's where they that's where they are. So they both have their own thing. Jared, which Philadelphia Eagle are we giving defensive player of the year to? Uh, neither. I'm actually going to go with Josh Allen and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ooh. Now, that's your guy. That was my so defense. Hear me out. I've been a Josh Allen guy <laughs> since he came out of Kentucky. I loved this kid's tape when they drafted him. I've been waiting for him to make his big jump. And listen, the, besides the game against the other Josh Allen, this has been like his big thing with this year. Nine sacks, uh, 19 solo tackles. It's He's under the radar because this Jacksonville team is under the radar. Like They're just winning games and nobody gives a shit. But he's there. The only person that has more sacks than right now is Daniel Hunter. I'm not going to pick a guy who's on a bum rush team like the uh, Minnesota Vikings. So they they do kind of look at guys who win. A la last year, the three finalists were Reddick, Nick Bosa, and Micah Parsons. So like that that should tell you everything you need to know about this this award. And the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to probably win the AFC South by at least two three games. And this guy will probably be on that thing. And also, look, even like Trayvon Walker starting into the quarterback now, which just makes it easier for Josh Allen to get single teamed. Dude's going to finish top three in sacks, and he's probably going to finish with at least 16 to 18. As much as I want to take Miles Garrett, I think his biggest problem is that 
He's lone wolfing it, and I am waiting for how long that Browns defense holds out. That's fair. I mean, when, they you're, that bad, when you're on that bad of a team, your defense can only play well for so long. Five and what? Five and two? We've, Four and three. Four and three. Four and three. Sorry. We've seen – no, but we – like, listen, Deshaun Watson can only play so bad for so long. I'm just saying, like, listen, it, they still have a whole division to play. It's not – I just – I'm not a big believer in this whole Browns thing. I think they got lucky a couple times. Geno looked like shit last week, and the Seahawks are the most dysfunctional winning team I've ever seen in my life, besides the Dallas Cowboys. So, at the – it's just – it's not – it is. It's not – it's – listen, I think Miles Garrett's the greatest edge rusher of our generation – but this year, I think Josh Allen's having a better season. That is my. Shtick. I'm gonna I'm gonna come back to you, Jared. I want to let Matt go first, but uh, I'm, I want to I want to I want to pose a question to you here in a minute. Okay. All right. Well, I'm gonna go with somebody different as well. Um, when I think of a defensive force that can alter the game and and the way for the oh, for his own team to win, he he listen he he didn't do it anyways. Um, so a guy that can. A guy that could pretty much just be the force for that whole team can really just alter alter the chance of winning for his own team. Just somebody that just can do it himself. Uh, I think of Micah Parsons with that one. He's got two forced fumbles, forced from a fumble return, six sacks on the season right now. Um, he's got about what is it, twenty two, uh, uh, thirteen solo tackles, nine tackles for loss. Um, I watched this. I know the Jets lost to the Cowboys for many reasons, but one of the reasons was. Michael Parsons being lined up against a 39-year-old left tackle, but I saw him demolish our entire offensive line. No matter where he lined up, no matter where he was, he he was – if he didn't have that kind of a production, it probably would have been a lot closer of a game, but he was the sole reason why it got away as far as it did get away, in my opinion. So I, I got to go with Micah Parsons as a guy that can, act, that can physically just one person could really make that big of a difference in a game. Fair enough. Um I actually agree. I, I think I think obviously Michael Parsons is a fantastic player. I, as a Cowboys fan though, cannot pick him for that reason. Um, I just I can't do it because at the moment I do, guess what? He falls off the cliff. So then there goes my the number one performing player on that defense. Um, but yeah, I, I do like that that pick. So I'm letting anybody else weigh in before I ask Jared this question. Go ahead. Let's hear. Let's weigh on. Okay, Jared. Does it change your opinion on uh, Miles Garrett when you know that his upcoming opponents are the Cardinals? This next week, Ravens, Steelers, Broncos, Rams, Jaguars, probably the toughest team left on their schedule. Ravens. So, uh, my, so I'll pose you this. I'll pose this. Hold on. Who's Bears, playing? Who's starting? Texans, Jets and Bengals. Okay. So one thing you didn't didn't mention is also four of those guys are very mobile quarterbacks. Just just saying, he's not going to get a he's going to get a lot of tack like a lot of chase down tackles, but Justin Fields. Mobile. May or may not be back. By the time, boy, is it week 12 they're playing? Yeah, he'll be back by then. He might um, get okay, okay. <laughs> Lamar Jackson, very mobile. Who the fuck? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Wait, DJ, you starting for the Cardinals this week or what's happening? No, no, they're not. No, no. no. starting for the Cardinals. No, who is? Clayton Toon. Oh yeah, he'll have two sacks next week. Oh, <laughs> he's probably gonna stack. This, this is what the point. He's like he's gonna stack yeah. that. As much as I, oh my god, Nathan Vivaldi just walked Ketel Martin four pitches. Holy shit! Um, it's his third time he's done it today. Um, dude's got the location of me in a wiffle ball game after fifteen beers. Um, 
attention span. So <laughs> basically, so the thing is about Miles Garrett, and I think this is the, the the biggest issue is that, and I bring this back a lot of the time when you talk about edge rushers. One, it's like a mer- with these with there's like we have a master class of edge rushers in the NFL right now. There are like eighteen guys who could easily rack up ten sacks a year plus. Some of them are on the same team, okay, and so. And that's just edge rush. I'm not even talking D tackles like Aaron Donald, Jalen Carter, whatever, or Chris Jones or any of these other guys. So <laughs> the biggest thing with Miles Garrett right now is yes, he's playing a lot of bad, he's playing a couple bad teams with bad offensive lines, right? But it's mobile quarterbacks. The other problem is, is <laughs> sweet Jesus Christmas. What the hell was that? <laughs> Um, that was your 30 second alarm. <laughs> yeah. Right. All I'm saying is he's got nobody on the other side. Zaria Smith has been a ghost this year. Who listen, why, what makes Hassan Reddick so good? He's got Jalen Carter, Fletcher Cox, and then he's got Josh sweat who can easily average 10 sacks a year on the other side. That's what makes Hassan Reddick so deadly. What makes Josh Allen so good. He's got those two young guys inside for Jacksonville and Trayvon Walker on the other side. There's always guys who, even if they're not sack producers, they draw attention of the running back, the tight end, the chip block, and it allows for one-on-ones for their primary pass rusher. This is why I'm a firm believer in the fact that guys like Walker, guy, I mean, sorry, guys like Garrett, guys like TJ Watt, because now he's got Heisman on the other side. A lot of these guys who have a good sidekick edge rusher get more sacks because of that sidekick. It's a, it's a setup play. Do you want me to spoil your your conversation about Zadarius Smith right now? Doesn't he have like he does have a decent amount of sacks this year? Doesn't He's he? the exact same odds uh, according to DraftKings in Week Eight that Josh Allen is to win MVP or to win Defensive Player of the Year, which is wild to me. Both outside of the top ten, both in the like fifteen through twenty. One's like third in sacks. One's like fifteenth. This is why I fucking hate plus ten plus ten thousand odds um, for both. <laughs> Oh, I'm gonna go. Uh, the other three guys we mentioned, by the way, Micah Parsons plus two hundred. He has odds on favorite. Name um, favorite with Miles Garrett plus two hundred and TJ Watt plus two fifty. Interesting. That's right. your cue that you're talking too long. That that is our cue. That is our cue to get things rolling as well. Yeah. Too. You're going over the thirty second mark for this one sentence game. All right. So next. You know word. what, Matt? Yeah, don't come. Don't come to show tomorrow. <laughs> All right. So guys, if you're going on the corner booth tomorrow, it looks like it, it looks like Matt has been replaced. So. Next up, we're going to go to Offensive Player of the Year. And you know what, Jared? You got Offensive Rookie of the Year. Offensive Rookie of the Year. Excuse me. Yes. Jared, go ahead and lead the way on this one. Offensive Rookie of the Year. Who are we looking at? Bijan fucking Robinson. Like, shit. Not if Arthur Smith has anything to say about it. Oh, listen. No, listen. Arthur Smith and his renegade crusade against against sports gambling, that freaking holier-than-thou bastard. All I'm going to say is that Bijan has been the most impressive offensive rookie to me. If you want me to go full fanboy, I would just start yelling Will Levis's name about 40 times because he's been so – watching him go on his full ex-boyfriend revenge tour on third, on Sunday was awesome. It was like did the coolest thing to see. Bijan, when he touches the ball, is just different. And it just – it's it's something cool. It it's, reminds me a lot of Saquon his rookie year. It reminds me a lot of when we watched AP with the Vikings. It was just a lot of – just you can tell this dude's got it when it comes to being a running back. So that's why I gave him that one. I, I just it's just with Bijan, I just I feel like it's just it's like watching poetry, man. I can't even hate on it. 
I mean, maybe like watching poetry, but okay. Uh, Matt. I'm going to go with Puka Nakua on this one. Um, I'm, we're halfway through the year. He's got the same amount of receptions as Tyree Kill with 61 off 89 targets. He, but he's got 795 yards, which I believe leads the rookies for uh, receiving total, I believe, for yardage. Um, his only The only thing that could hinder him right now is that he's got two touchdowns on the season. And I, with Stafford, questionable with, with um, Cup back. I Obviously, I, I assume Cup's going to obviously consume more of that role, but I think he's done enough this halfway of the season to where I think as long as he just stays consistent with some numbers each week, I think he can lock up offensive rookie of the year. So I'm, I'm going to go with – he's not the favorite, I believe, but I, I think I'll go with a, a small backup favorite, obviously, with Pukunuku on this one. He's second right now in odds. Yeah, I think he's third in receiving yards. The problem with him is he only has two touchdowns. He's got, got to get in that end zone a little bit more often, but he's definitely in the thick of it as well. And, Going back to Jared's, I want Bijan Robinson winning for my fantasy team, but Arthur Smith hates good players. There's a reason he had his second-string tight end throw a pass to his third-string tight end while the highest-drafted tight end of all time sat in a block last week in the red zone after taking out Bijan Robinson. So we'll get to Arthur Smith another time. We don't have enough show left for me to go off on that incompetent new. But Kelsey, who are we looking at? For nope, nope, nope. You go first. I'm going last on this one. All right, well, Offensive Rookie of the Year, we talked. I'm going to go with receiver. I'm going into Minnesota, and I'm going to take Jordan Addison. He's been electric, especially with Justin Jefferson going down. Seven touchdowns. He's this year's Jahan Dotson. It's not quite as flashy, but he just makes plays. He gets in the end zone. If someone takes the ball from him one play, he takes it from them two more times and scores a touchdown. Once Justin Jefferson comes back, we're actually talking about them being a playoff team with Josh Dobbs potentially, despite the offensive line because of what Addison has done. So I'm going to take Jordan Addison, the receiver, for offensive rookie of the year right now. I like it. I like it. So I, I guess – Leaves me, all, huh? you. all right. Well, uh, I guess I don't know. Maybe you guys forgot this guy who was a rookie potentially. Um, but I can understand why you might forget he's a rookie. Uh, I'm gonna go CJ Stroud. Uh, yeah, no That's reason good. not to right now. Um, <laughs> looking at dude has 1800 yards, nine touchdowns to one interception, nine touchdowns to one interception on 1800 yards, uh, averaging 60% completion rate, 95, uh, you know, 94.9 QBR. Whatever that's worth, I don't know, throw QBR out there. But uh, anyways, yeah, no nine touchdowns, one one interception. How how many rookies do you know can pull off one interception in the season? Has there ever been a rookie to to start and finish the season as the starter and not throw more than one? Probably not. Even do that in general, usually. I don't know. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, it'd be an impressive thing, impressive feat. If he keeps it under five for a rookie, it's pretty impressive. Not a whole lot to work with there in Houston. You're not expecting much. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna go CJ Stroud here, rookie of the year or offensive rookie of the year. It just, I don't know, makes too much sense. Honestly, if you, if you told me they were gonna win seven to eight games, I'd punch my ticket with that one. Regardless, I don't care what his stats are. If they can win eight games, something like that as well, and they're well on their way to it. So that, that's a really good pick as well. And by the way, uh, all four of us just gave the top four um, for offensive rookie here odds uh, with CJ at number one plus or minus one seventy five odds. Puka at number two plus three twenty. Jordan Addison plus sixteen hundred, and Bijan at minus or at plus seventeen hundred. Honestly, if you told me I could build a team with just those four players, I'll be good with the rest of it. My future's looking pretty darn good right there. But now we got defensive rookie there to round things out, and we're going to let go and circle back. Matt, we're going to let you go ahead and lead the way with us, defensive rookie of the year. I'm kind of going with a dark horse on this one. Um, I'm looking at, just so I don't keep picking the favorites, I like Brian Branch. Um, he's somebody that I was very high on um, 
before the draft, I was hoping that they would wind up taking him in the you know in somewhere in the mid mid rounds of the draft. But six games so far, um, he started three of them. He's got an interception in them. Um, he's got four passes defended, and he's got twenty six solo tackles with uh, four tackles for loss. Um, just a nice big defensive force for the Lions. A big reason why their defense has gotten as as much better as it has over the last year or so. Um, dark horse, I think he's like plus a thousand, but. Um, if he stays consistent, stays healthy, I think he can get his odds back up in there. Number four, by the way, on the odds list, mm-hmm. minus or plus nine hundred. That's a good one. He's often underlooked as well, too. I, I think that's a really good one. Jared, who are we looking at for six the other game uh, two games ago? It really helped. Absolutely. Defensive. Why is it Jalen Carter? I mean, yeah. match match said it. You fucking suck, man. It, mm-hmm. It's listen. I just. It's the tail of the tape for me, man. Every time I watch this dude play, I'm just like blown away. I'm not usually one to like be like a fanboy for defensive tackles because it's not like a sexy position to watch. But dude, like I just are you an Eagles fan? Are you sure you're an Eagles fan? I I am. I I well, but listen, I I've been spoiled with Fletcher Cox basically most of my. Did adult you life. not see the sexiest man on earth? And yeah. Fletcher Cox the man who chased a burglar out of his house, buck naked with a shotgun. Yes, I know the legend of Fletcher Cox. Okay, but take a share. Yeah, okay, but like you got to realize like I the fact that I am blown away by a guy who is just by a rookie. By the way, like Jordan I also get to watch Jordan Davis every Sunday. And yet Jalen Carter is the one that flips the lid every time I watch him. Because it's not just the hustle plays, the strip sacks, the chase down tackles. It's the fact that I'm watching this dude blow up NFL guards and double teams like he's been in the league for 4 years. And it's the fact that our defensive line hasn't missed a beat missing Javon Hargrave. It's the fact of what he replaced and what he's made up for as a rotation guy. He's not even the starter. He sits behind jail. He sits behind Fletcher Cox and he still makes an impact. His stats. It's, it's kind of like Bo last year where he's not going to have the best stats out of all the rookie defensive players, but what you see on tape is what's going to win him the award. That's that's the thing. It's also the storyline of the Eagles got the number one big board guy in the draft, and boom. Absolutely. All right. I don't so hate it. Georgia I mean, Bull- we got a Philadelphia Bulldog on the list now as well. We got Brian Branch. Kelsey, who we at, who we put on there for third? No, no, I'm gonna let you go first. I'm gonna let you go first. Uh, I, I like this me going last thing. I, I like to like to like to spoil it at the end. That is something that you like to do well. So I'm gonna try and spoil it one early, and I could take Jalen Carr. It's a safe one. It started with Christian Gonzalez, gets hurt. Looks like it was Jalen Carter. He looks like he's banged up as well, too. We'll have to see how that back injury plays out. So I'm going to pick somebody else. What was that? I think he's playing this week. Let's hope the back doesn't flare up. So I'm going to take another direction. I'm going to go with the guy that both Kelsey and I were huge on going into the draft and the guy that I attached the wagon to. I'm going to take Devin Witherspoon. I'm going to take the corner out of Seattle. The new Legion of Boom, all five foot 10, 175 pounds of him, absolutely destroying people. We saw his big coming out party on Monday night against the Giants, had a hell of a game against Jamar Chase and T. Higgins as well. He continues to have – he's been absolutely electric. He's been fantastic. Man coverage, zone coverage, nickel, coming off the slot, blitzing. He does everything you can want and more. Tariq Woolen is the is a corner on that team, and you can make a case Devin Witherspoon is the best corner on the team. And that's what the guy who led the NFL in interceptions opposite of him. You can make the case. So I'm going to take Devin Witherspoon out of the gate. I'm going to pray he does not follow the same trend of defensive rookie of the year candidates getting hurt. I'm really hoping that it's not, that it's that it's done now. Fair enough. Okay. Um, well, there went my surprise. Uh, so, 
yeah, I, I mean, I guess I'm going to double up on this and just say Devin Witherspoon for all the things DJ just said because, man, that was disappointing. I was going to maybe read for Derek Hall, but I just can't, like, statistically back up Derek Hall because he only has, like, four pass like pass quarterback hits. Yeah, so that's the best statistical stat he has right now. And so I just can't back it up. It's one of those, like, on-tape things. But, yeah, I mean, oh, and he has one pass deflection against Carolina. Uh, but, yeah, so I'm going to go Devin Witherspoon, I mean, just for all the reasons. Plus that pick six, that 97-yard pick six is insane. Devin Witherspoon, every time he's on the fucking screen, is just electrifying. So that's that. He was my bat. He was my number two if it wasn't going to be Carter. Yeah, I mean, so I, I should preface this by saying Jalen Carter was my preseason pick, and he still kind of – I just can't pick the same guy twice um, based off of my own stupid convoluted rules. <laughs> but we have, again, picked three out of the top four. Um Favorites, Jalen Carter being one minus fifty, minus one fifty, Devin Witherspoon at two, plus two thirty, Will Anderson, one we all left out, plus seven fifty, and Brian Branch plus nine hundred. Really? Will Anderson above Brian Branch. I'm yep. surprised. That has to be name value more than anything, honestly. He's been by the way, uh Tuli Tupolato is is right behind Brian oh, Branch, yeah. and then Derek Hall and Jerry Porter Jr. Like those ones make has Will Anderson secretly been dominating and I missed it. I just feel like he's had a really quiet season. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I'm like, I mean, I thought he was injured, but he's not, which is the most hilarious part about it. Cause he's just been like kind of there. He's like it's like Derek Hall. It's like you he's impactful during the game, but statistically speaking, there's not really a whole he has one sack in the season that came in week one. Um nine assisted tackles, twenty-seven combined tackles. Yeah, I mean it's not like it's not like a crazy stat line by any means, but he's just impactful. And, and plus mm-hmm. again, you look at the Texans, they're a team that you, nobody really wants to play right now. So they got to have some reason for that. And I guess that's, they're just like, Oh yeah, Will Anderson. Here you go. Why not? Also, I want to give a little shout out to somebody I've been shitting on for the past three episodes of the corner booth. Zach Galen has 35 pitches through four innings. It's like, he just, just getting outs and the Diamondbacks are getting out because they can't score. <laughs> run. It's going to be one, nothing this fucking game. I'm going to literally lose at last, every last bit of hair. I'm going to DJ. Y'all have more hair than me by the end of this game. I swear to God. No, that's, that's we all see it with that, you know, whatever's on top of your head. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm covering it up in the shame because at this point, like, I, I'm not as good looking as EJ. I can't rock the bald head. I can't do it. If Matt put that on, he'd lose like four inches of height. <laughs> He's like a peacock. He's got to use it for an intimidation factor. He just has to be six nine instead of six six. <laughs> Well, hopefully it's not one nothing because then all my bet my bet slip gets completely destroyed. So these guys better start hitting the damn ball on both sides of the ball so I can start winning some money here. But that's going to do it here for the main event. That's how it takes into Kelsey's favorite part of every show. That is crunch time. Crunch time, of course, brought to you by our friends over at Outlier. Go to outlier.bet backslash Hilo Sports. Get yourself a free seven-day trial. Do best smarter, not harder, and don't bet like DJ. So, guys, for crunch time, normally it's the What Well, go ahead. I said except for DJ's best bets, then bet like DJ then. The problem is those aren't the, the only time he's safe. That's the only time they're right. But everything in between, I lose all the money I went during the week. So, Crunch time is normally where we take a chance to rant, recap, or rank something we didn't get talked about on the show. As the guest of honor, we'll go ahead and let you guys go first. Matt, is there anything you want to rant, recap, rank, or have a general bold statement about? Oh, let's go bold. Let's go bold. Robert Sala is going to be NFL Coach of the Year at the end of this year. I know Dan Campbell is the heavy favorite. Um, I can very much see Dan Campbell winning this game, winning that um, that title. I mean, they're six and two. You can see the progression that the Lions have made since they hired him. You can actually, it's actually really cool. You can almost see the plan that they had and that they just keep getting better every year. Robert Sala is a guy that last year he kept them competitive despite 
you know, the injuries and everything that they lost at Brees Hall, they lost Elijah Vera Tucker, um, two of the hearts of that team. Um, but I, they come in this year, they lose Aaron Rodgers, and they're four and three through the first seven games of the season, which I don't think anybody really thought the Jets would be four and three um, with Zach Wilson at the quarterback, especially this, the schedule that they had the first, you know, seven weeks of the season. Um, so I, 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 I'm on record for this. I believe that the Jets are going to squeeze into a, like one of the last wild card spots that by the end of this year, I think they can go maybe nine and eight, 10 and seven and squeeze into that seven seed. Um, and I think if we can get that done, I think Robert Sala can definitely get the coach of the year gig, especially if somehow by some grace of fucking Scientology that Aaron Rodgers comes back before the year is over. That would be, that'd be funny. That science is what brings Aaron Rodgers back onto the field. That'd be the church of Dr. Joe Rogan. Yeah, <laughs> calling Travis Kelsey being like, "Thank you, my lord." <laughs> I was lord say, Xavier Anthony Fauci. Dun dun dun! Don't cancel Disney. I will say, if Robert Sydney, Robert Saul does find his way into the playoffs, I do think Coach of the Year could very well go to one of our fan votes. Actually, have Robert Saul as Coach of the Year, so they're looking for that one as well. Jared, what are we looking at? Bold recap, ranking statement, rant. Remember, you I got a rant, man. Last night broke me a little bit. If it wasn't for the end of that game, uh, game four, the Diamondbacks and Rangers, and I got to give all the credit to the Rangers, man. They are just a fun team. They're impossible to hate. It, like usually, if a team's kicking my team's ass, I'm like, like I'm. There's a lot of anger and curse words and cursing, whatever. But the Rangers are just like you can't hate them. I'm like, look at them. Like I'm not broken. Let's put it this way. I am. You said I'm you're not, a broken fan. I was broken really last said, night. I'm a broken D-backs fan. I was broken last night, and then my team decided to rip off seven runs in two innings. So I don't know what clicked in their heads during the end of the game. Maybe they started having fun with the, ba- the game again. I don't know. But Tori Lovello fucked the Diamondbacks by the second inning. Who the hell puts Miguel Castro, who is an instant base hit this entire season, and Luis Frias, who is they're like dumb and dumber, when it comes to pitching in the bullpen, the two worst guys in our bullpen, like put the rookies in at this point, like Justin Martinez throws at least 102. So at least if he's going to give one up, it's either going to be out of the ballpark or straight up in the damn air. Like, but Frias and Castro are the two, maybe they're the, they're like hats are too tight in their heads or something, because I don't understand how you either hang fastballs to these hitters or draw. Oh, look, we got a fucking hit. Holy shit. Evan Longoria got a double. Told you, the old man. Crunch time. Uh, hold on. Oh, this, this is I got to go back to. We talked about this leading into this series, and I said Evan Longoria is on your roster for one reason, one reason only. It's not to home runs. It's to be up there in a crunch time game, whether you're about to lose the series or about to win the series, and give you a double or triple or single off the wall. All listen. All I'm going to say is this: is that Tori Lovello had screwed the Diamondbacks from the get go last night. We put three of our worst pitchers in that bullpen in one, two, three. Man, supply. Listen. You earned my respect back after that performance. You pitched great for the first inning, and then they left you out for too long, and the Diamondbacks dug themselves a hole. They looked broken last night. The errors, the freaking missed steal signs. I don't know. And then something clicked in the eighth inning. They started swinging the bats. They scored seven runs immaculately. Maybe they're back. I'm not sure. Zach Allen's pitching out of his goddamn mind. But Lavello is the reason we lost last night. It wasn't anything the Diamondbacks did. He put the three worst guys to play against the Rangers in order, and it killed us. So that is my rant, Tori Lovello. If we lose this series, it's because of him. It's not because of these players. 
Snakes yeah. on life support, but they're alive. So Kelsey, snakes alive. Snakes on life support. Kelsey, Kelsey, what are we looking at today for crunch time? Uh, you know, honestly, I didn't have anything prepared for it. I, I wasn't ready for this. I, I just nothing in the sports world is really bothering me to the. No, I'm just kidding. Oh my god, that's a damn of a lie. <laughs> referees, you talked about it last week. I'm gonna talk about it again this week. Um, referees, come on. I'm tired of you're the ref. You're, you're the ref part 17. I, again, we've run out of numbers at this point in time. They're done. It's over with. It's at stop bringing the robot refs. I've, I've accepted. I was the last holdover for robot referees. Screw it. Bring them in. Let everything be reviewable. Let everything. I don't care how much longer it adds into the games. I don't care how much I have to go to the bathroom right before halftime and it takes seven extra minutes because there's a stupid replay. I don't care anymore. Just get it right. I just. Just get it right, and the speed, the speed up uh, option for reviews, best thing they've ever added. Why doesn't Why doesn't every division of football have every level of football have that? I don't understand. You're literally just being like, "Hey guys, you got that wrong. You screwed up. Fix it." Okay, cool, we got it. All right, done. Like that needs to be everywhere. Um, too many blown calls in games that matter for teams. That yeah, sure, you may not be a Mac fan, but at the end of the day, there's Mac fans out there, and they care. There are Ball State fans out there. There are Kent State fans out there. There are Miami of Ohio fans. I will call Zach Kyleman. He will attest to this. He literally had a whole show based off of Ball State. So, I mean, like, look, there's – and I'm just using the Mac as an example just because they're one of the few that have been egregious, uh, uh, aggrieved against recently. I mean, there's a 1,001 different teams that have an argument in different levels of football, and and not just football, but it's hockey, it's baseball, it's, it's basketball. I, I mean, at this point in time, I just don't get it anymore how it's so bad. I know, Jared, you guys last year in the Super Bowl, uh, the Eagles this last week, um, got on the flip side of that, they were the ones not called for anything. So what? I don't care. Just, you know what? It's there. And on the flip side of it, don't call holding every play. That's the other thing. The holding doesn't exist just because there's a big play. Holding exists on every play. Just a matter of whether you catch it or not, whether it actually is egregious. If it pulls off the jersey, then call it. It's a or, if it's, if, or if it's the you reason the play breaks, I agree with you, yeah. yeah. But like, if it, if a guy is peeling off and there's a point seven seconds in which the goes, the guy goes leans back and the jersey stretches a little bit, it's like no, let that go. That's that's gonna happen. That's those jer- those jer- those gloves are so sticky. No, so anyways, that's my. Or when they're trying to get the edge and they're going to the ground and they slightly get get yeah. the arm hooked back for a second as they're falling down. And and that one also goes into the roughing the passer conversation. There's roughing the passers called on 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 quarterbacks that are like Josh Allen who don't get a lot of calls against calls for him because he's so big and he runs so often. But then there's calls for like, I'm going to go back to Tom Brady, Tom Brady, who gets his face mask grazed by a fingernail. And it's like, Nope, that's 15 yards. And you're ejected. Like, no, 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 no. No, These are two different things. Like, but you see Josh Allen get full face punched and like dent in his Oakley mask. And it's like, no, that's fine. See, it doesn't doesn't make sense on the planet. It's like, no, this is worse than the replacement refs at this point in time. I'm I'm done. I'm tired of it. I, I you know, I've tried to give them so much leeway. But uh, you know what? I'm just hoping baseball gives me another 99.9% grade for uh, an umpire here soon. Uh, not in the World Series, brother. Those these balls and strikes have been a little. I know. I know. I'm not. I don't like it. But I, I know. At least we got. At least getting to the World Series was pretty good overall. At least the lead up yeah. wasn't too bad. But I'll keep mine. Angel Hernandez is behind the plate. Angel Hernandez can go. Oh, well, never mind. I'm gonna stop because he might sue you. Yeah, we, we, we don't want that to I'll keep mine short and easy. Coaching is a very important thing. Most of us on here, we criticize coaching, but none of us try and fully take away somebody's credentials. But my God, some offensive coaches really don't know what they're doing, it feels like, especially at the highest level. 
What makes Mike McDaniel good? He looks at his best player and says, I should get him the ball. It's really that simple. And most coaches need to do that. The anomaly is Kyle Shanahan because he has 19 all pros, so it's hard to distribute the ball. But he sees Christian McCaffrey. It's like, that makes sense. You look at Ben Johnson. Amon Ross St. Brown does this really well. I'm going to get him the ball because we win when we do it. Then you look at the bad teams. You have DJ Moore on the Bears. They can't get him six targets a game sometimes. And it's not that he's getting clamped up. It's zone, and they can't. The best play of their entire season outside of the Washington game happened in preseason when you threw him a tunnel screen and he went for 60, and they have not run it one time in the regular season. No, they did, and he ran and he scored a touchdown from 40 out. Was it the same tunnel screen? Well, then my point's made even twice as bad, but they ran it one time. We look at – and you can go across the board. The Patriots, your best players were your tight ends. I don't – they don't scheme up anything for those tight ends. Or Ramondre Stevenson, they run halfback dive and trap, basically. That's all they run with them. The Eagles, they have A.J. Brown. They scheme up ways to get him the ball. It makes sense. The teams that have these good players, they scheme to – it's really that simple. But some offensive coaches have to be – it's like a lot of Chip Kelly syndrome going on. So I already bring up that uh, that satanic name around this oh. one. Oh. They have to be the smartest guy in the room and overthink it. It's like saying Beetlejuice. When, when, I'm not saying times. I will punch that man. enough. Like one time hurt enough too. Just find your best player and find ways to get him the ball. If they're getting clamped up in man-to-man coverage and they can't shake him, that's one thing. If they're double teaming him, like one over the top in an elite press corner underneath, okay. But when they're just just normal basic cover three shell, ma- cover two man, etc. You can scheme up routes for them so easily. Get them the ball and let things happen. And you see the gap between good teams and bad teams. Even the Colts who stink, they've scored 20 points in every single game because they scheme up ways to get those playmakers the ball. They have no quarterback and they suck, yet they are the only team to score 20 points in every game because their head coach schemes those best players the ball. It's really that simple. It's a complex thing that can be summarized easily. And it's amazing to me how many coaches can't do it because you know high school coaches can do that, but they will never get that chance. But I digress. Not going to shit on the entire coaching industry for much longer. I mean, John for- Daniels, kids. Oh, where did the, the, I'm no so call. glad he got fired. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, about two years too late, but yeah, exactly. He was going to be my crunch time, but yeah, no, that's a. Uh... They, they, they did enough damage there. But before we get out of here, we've been a little bit longer. We're all falling asleep, and Jared's on the edge of his seat. probably about to wet himself. Matt, Jared, you guys can ah. choose. Let us know where everyone can find you guys and who the heck you guys are. You can um, find them. You could. All- Okay, damn it. All right. Um, you can find us at all things corner booth pod. Um, that's YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Uh, I'm sorry, X. Sorry, Elon. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. Um, you can find me at Belly of Jared on Twitter and Corner Booth Jared on everything else. And uh, Matt, you handsome devil. Where can we find you on Twitter and TikTok and all that shit? I don't remember any of my personal streaming uh names but um you could probably if you look up uh corner booth matt you could probably find me on everything except twitter i think i'm still big wisp eight because i can't figure out how to change my name but it doesn't matter about me it matters about the pot so at corner booth pot on every single thing you can team player um, except you know just don't look for us on reddit or pinterest we're not on that but if you want to go on x facebook tiktok twitter oh that's the same thing instagram you'll find us there we're also on threads by the way Threads. I forget about that app. Yeah, I, I made a th- I, I made one thread. Thing. I share it on Threads. I share our episode on Threads all the time, and apparently it gets likes. So I was like, okay, cool. I'll keep sharing it. Hang I on made one thread, and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Mm-hmm. I left it at that. Not a thread of evidence why if it's doing well or not, but that's gonna do it here for us at the High Low Sports Podcast with the boys from the corner booth. Join us. We appreciate y'all for hanging out with us. We'll see you all again next week. <laughs>